Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Osmo, here we go. We've got wall to wall baseball. It's your old pal Emac joined with one Terrence Michael McBride, T McBee, Digital B21 on the uh, the interwebs. Terry, it's it's been what, like 14 hours since we last did a show together, something along those lines? <laughs> yeah, you started us off yesterday with saying it's been a while, been a week or whatever, but now we're going uh, to within uh, yeah about 14 hours or so. So doing pretty good. It was a uh, interesting night last night. Like I was telling you, I kind of just clicked away TV wise from some of the sports, uh, even though we had some good stuff on after my Yankees went down a couple runs early and uh, never came back to it. Watched some episodes of uh, reruns of Shark Tank and just kind of hung out, but uh, was keeping an eye on the old FanDuel scores, of course. And uh, it was an interesting slate. Didn't quite go my way, but certainly a lot better than the night before. How about you? How'd your night go? It went to bed early. Uh, this I didn't even make it through the first quarter of the of the basketball game. Around nine oh five, I I started brushing my teeth, and then I was like, "Oh, I didn't have dinner yet." So I made I made the leftovers that my uh, dinner that my wife had had cooked. She was off doing a ten k this morning, so she's uh, was up at the crack of dawn as well. So I was up uh, out of bed, actually writing articles at five five this morning. So yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. I've had a lot of iced coffee. I am now drinking water, and I'm trying to time my crash so I can fall asleep after the show and wake up in time to set lineups for the two o'clock slate. So we're going to be talking about all the games today. We have the two o'clock uh, slate. There's two two o'clock games. DraftKings is using that as their first main slate. Then we switch to the four o'clock games. Those are all on the DraftKings slate. FanDuel joins in as well. And then at 7.15 tonight, we have a six-game late slate uh, or main slate, I guess. Uh, We'll want to remember that it's at that little odd start time. So you don't want to get caught up with the 7.30 NBA tip-off, for which we have two shows uh, for that tonight. Already on the Osmo YouTube channel is the NBA Strategy Show. Eitan and Adam just finished recording that one. After us, we have uh, the NASCAR Live Before Lock uh, show, and where that might be the strategy show, but there is an Xfinity race today, and then there's a, a cup race tomorrow. And what else do we have? MMA, uh, that's at 2.30. We have a lock at 4 o'clock for that one. And then we're back with uh, baseball from 3 to 4 to get you ready for that, that 4 o'clock slate, and we'll hit the main slate again as well. And then the two NBA shows. So you got to like us. You got to subscribe to us and hit that notification bell. It's key because every time you turn around, there's an awesome little show going on. Uh, and if you if you have, have subscribed to us, when you just go to the awesome homepage, it'll be over there on the left side and it'll just be a little red dot uh, when we're live. That's how I usually look at it. I have the couple of of uh, of uh, 
channels that I subscribe to, Terry. Mm-hmm. There's not that many. And uh, I just check it out. That's that's about it. That's that's my life that's these days. Andy, I mean, when we've got so much going on, it's it's helpful. It's helpful for me so that I know when we've got stuff coming on. And if I'm you know just hanging out, I like to put the shows on and see what people are up to and everything. So it's it's a big help to hit that subscribe button for sure. And how often do you see your name pop up and say, wait, I'm on a show today? <laughs> I'm yet to do that. I've had a few where it was like, oh, good. Like yesterday, you mentioned that we were doing this show in the morning. So I was like, oh, good. I know that I have to get up. I know I have to be prepared. So that would have been a bit of a surprise. But usually I manage to remember to check the schedule ahead of time. All right. We are going to jump right in here. We've got a whole bunch to cover. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, Let's hit that like button. We want to help celebrate producer Ty's birthday today. This is it. He turns the big 33. Can you believe that? No, technically 23. So there we go. So you guys want to. I don't think I've ever seen him hatless. Uh, it's, it's very rare. He's, he has very long, uh, luxurious locks. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there we go. It's the rare time you guys can actually wish somebody a happy birthday in the YouTube channel and it actually be their birthday. So happy birthday to Tyler. Happy birthday, buddy. All righty. Uh, let's see. The Osmo Podcast Network is where the show will be after uh, we are done wrapping it up. That's where you can get all of your favorite Osmo shows. Anything that is not a live before lock. And not only is it on YouTube, but it also is put out on the Osmo Podcast Network. We do have channels for each of the sports. So you can pick your favorite one or pick the main channel and get all Osmo Podcasts uh, launched to that. Want to win, uh, have a chance to win a free week of Osmo premium content, just leave a five-star review on one of our podcasts with your Twitter handle, email address, or social media handle, and you'll be eligible to win that one week. We do a drawing every Friday. You're going to be in that drawing for 52 weeks. It's a good deal to get into. All right, Terry, turning this one over to you. Tariq Skubal, been pitching quite well. Lucas Giolito gets the Detroit Tigers. I'm a little nervous. I'm streaming a, a fair amount of Skubal today that seemed like a good idea last night when i was picking him up now that i'm looking at the matchup did the light of day not so good what do you want to do with our our battle of the midwest i mean it's clearly a great spot for giolito the entire world is going to be on him looks like he's pulling around 60 percent ownership across both sites FanDuel running that little free gamer for this site so i i think we might even be a little bit low if he's not over 70 percent owned on that slate i'll be pretty surprised pretty thin pickings um, but, uh, you know, he's obviously the ace of this spot, 30.2% strikeout rate so far this year, 3.53 XFIP, 1.13 whip, 15.8% uh, induced swinging strike going up against one of the league's worst hitting teams. Tigers so far this year, second worst in baseball with a 27.1% strikeout rate, creating runs 11% worse than average against right-handed pitching. So in the split, they're a bad team. He is a dominant strikeout pitcher. Really like the spot for Giolito. He's projecting well for me. The only thing you have to wrestle with is the fact that he's going to be so highly owned. You're kind of going along with the field and going for the ride on FanDuel. On DK, 60% ownership when we're getting two. It's it's heavy, but I mean, it's it's expected and it's realistic. That's about where he should be, uh, if not maybe a little bit more. So I think he makes a ton of sense on both sites. Scooble for the discount, 6,900 on DK. I don't hate it. But it is a tough matchup he's going up against this White Sox team. He's been pitching well in terms of strikeouts. 49 innings pitched. He's got a 26.1% strikeout rate. The 488 XFIP and the 145 whip are a little bit concerning, particularly against a team that's pretty capable with that, with driving in runs. So I'd be a little bit hesitant to get to too many shares of them. 
but I think it's a spot where he, you know, he stands a chance of succeeding. Just looking at the numbers, though, against left-handed pitching, Chicago uh, 200 team ISO is pretty darn good. I think this is the top, yeah, 134. So 34% better than average creating runs against lefties, which is tops in the league by a pretty wide margin. Um, so I'd be a little concerned about it. Their home run power hasn't been there against lefties. They're only 19 home runs right around the middle of the league, but the run creation is dominant and they don't strike out that much. 22.7% strikeout rate puts them a little bit above the uh, the middle of the league. So I'd be concerned about Scooble, but the price is right. I can understand it. He's only pulling like 2.2% ownership on that DK slate. So I think it makes some sense to, to look at it. On FanDuel, I don't know that we need to get there yeah. even with only three games to choose from. Yeah, and with the way the FanDuel pricing's been the last couple of years, you don't even really have to search for that six thousand over there. It would be like that six thousand or sixty five hundred dollar. Maybe he gets you know seven strikeouts and in five innings and and allows you to get every bat you want. With the way they price their hitters now, you can focus all almost always on the top five pitchers over there, and then yeah. make it work by picking one or two extremely um, mispriced or cheap hitters. So it's it, one. Not it's that's not a bad way to go because it makes all the three main sites quite different from each other between mm-hmm. FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo. The two they have the two pitcher sites. Yahoo has its own uh, quirks with their scoring algorithm. DraftKings has their own uh, particular uh, scoring, which is different than the other two sites. So it, it just allows us to apply a little bit of uh, strategy. And yeah. FanDuel, play- the play whoever you want game theory yeah. and fun and uh, and the interesting things of this uh, DFS hobby of ours uh, don't matter at all because you can stick whoever you want in that line. Exactly. Exactly. It amazes me that I don't play more on DK. I'm so much more interested in the strategy and the uh, the complexities of the game over there. But what are you going to do? But yeah, I, to to your point there, I don't think we need to dumpster dive for Tariq Skubal yeah. against the White Sox at 7,500 when we've got Tyler Molly at 7,800. Um, he's just a much better pitcher in my opinion. It's a well, run us through this game. There, you, you've got the transition there. Go go sure. for that. I will say one thing. I'm dropping the link into chat. This is someone was asking what Belmont content we have. A little known fact, if you go to Osmo.com, the upper right corner is a little magnifying glass. If you just type in a keyword, it'll bring everything up for you that you want. Uh, I dropped the link in. I just typed in the keyword Belmont. There's going to be two uh, new things that are there. There's going to be about a 12-minute video from Ben Rossa and uh, Josh Engelman talking about Belmont wagers. And then there's also a free article talking about Belmont bets. So that is today uh, as well. Nice. Back to you and Tyler Molle. And Ben is the guy you want to hear from on uh, anything horse racing. He's, he's amazing. So, yeah, I was saying uh, Tyler Molle, 7,800 on the FanDuel slate, 7,600 on DK. He's only drawing around 20% ownership. That seems a little bit low for that price for him on DraftKings. It's not the greatest matchup in the world for him uh, going up against the Cardinals here. St. Louis this year so far. I'll look for them on the board here. i got to figure out a better way to, uh, to sort this so I can find these teams a little bit quicker. Uh, St. Louis, excuse me one second, is uh, striking out uh, 23.2% of the time uh, against right-handed hitting. So it puts them around the middle of the league. Uh, that's 11th best in baseball. But they're 11 per, uh, excuse me, 14% worse than average creating runs in the split. 152 team ISO. They've hit 54 home runs, which is among the league leaders. So there's some power there, but they're only hitting home runs. It's not like they're hitting a ton of doubles. It's not like they're, hitting, they're creating a ton of runs here. So I think he's in a somewhat safe spot for a, you know getting lit up completely. And he's a solid strikeout pitcher. He's striking out 28.1% of hitters this year, 3.62 XFIP or 1.16 whip, 10.5% swinging strikes induced, but a 29.3 call plus swinging. So a nice little call plus swinging right there. The cards of uh, projected uh, lineup ha- has only a 22.3% 
uh, aggregate strikeout rate. But there are some heavy strikeout guys like Tyler O'Neill in this lineup toward the back end, Justin Williams in this lineup. So I think there are a couple bonus strikeout spots. And I think Molly's got the talent where he can sit down guys like Tommy Edmond, who strikes out only like 11.1% of the time. Arenado's a tough ask. He's only a 13% strikeout guy. But I think Molly could sit him down. Or you know he has the opportunity to, uh, to strike him out with his talent. So I like the spot for Molly. And if people aren't getting there and if people are willing to pay uh, you know around the same price for Scooble, it makes him even more appealing to me. So he's going to be owned uh, 24% on the FanDuel slate which is short, but uh, I think as the second best, the clear cut second best option on that slate for me, that number's probably a little bit low when we compare it to the 60% that, uh, that Giolito is getting because really there's not another pitcher on that short three game fan duel slate that I want. So for me, that's almost a 50, 50 split between those two. All right. Uh, shout out there to Reggie Johnson who just joined team awesome. for those of you that want to know, that's the, the fun little, uh, how we get the fun little avatars, uh, next to our names and we get to use the the little emojis no pressure to sign up on this one don't have to don't worry about it. it it's like it ends up being like three bucks a month it's 10 cents a day i even signed up for it we don't get it for free we got to pay for it it makes me laugh every time i put in the different avatars and it makes me laugh when i see people putting in me as their avatar <laughs> or the emoji so uh it, it's just for fun no pressure but uh if, if we catch uh you guys putting in questions there we'll try to get those uh early uh, on as well in addition of course to the premium slack which is behind the paywall they do get first priority anything else from this game for you uh, probably some reds bats if uh, particularly on that short slate i think just you know cincinnati's a, a terrific offense they profile pretty well going up against oviedo oviedo 20 innings so far this year 17.4 percent strikeout rate 16.3 percent walks 5.73 xfip and a 1.60 whip none of that is good all of that is appealing to throw bats at so i expect they're going to be pretty popular just looking at some of the ownership numbers actually not really um a little bit surprising on the FanDuel slate the key hitters like the uannual Suarez is, is heavily owned. Castellanos is heavily owned. But you can get uh, Tyler Naquin in the middle of that lineup. You can roster Tucker Bornhardt is kind of an oddball. He's hitting fifth in the middle of that lineup. Switch hitter going under 2% owned. So you can mix and match some of these guys to put it together. It's not the greatest version of this Reds lineup, but there's certainly some hitters to string together there. And particularly on a short slate with only three games to choose from on FanDuel, uh, I think they make a lot of sense. And they're going pretty under-owned on DK, except for Suarez and Winker. So if you can mix and match some of those guys together, I think that's a good spot for bats. All right. I see that Nightbot just dropped in the link for the free tools of the day. You can always uh, save that as a page or a link, and you will know what we are doing for free each day. We shake it up, throw some stuff from that's normally behind the paywall in front of the paywall. For you seam heads, we have the MLB player projections today. For NBA, we've got the big board. For NHL, we have the main slate ownership projections. And then for MMA, we've got the top fighters tool Oh my goodness, the top fighters tool that gets you the, the win odds, which you can get at Osmo uh, Odd Shopper as well, but it gets you uh, ownership, it gets you the projection, it gets you the likelihood of them to be a top six a fighter, the likelihood of them to score at least 100 points. Yeah, so that's, that's keys to the kingdom for that one. So if you want to jump on in, uh, don't dilly-dally on that. Looks like it's a four o'clock lock today for those games. So you'll want to check that out. And I see someone mentioning the, uh, one of the free articles. So every day I am writing, we've combined it now. It's the top pitchers and stacks 
uh, article and I cover a stack for literally every slate that will be there. And then I am covering uh, the top pitchers for the main slate. So I'm going to drop that in there for you, but you can find that every day on the homepage. Terry writes a free article as well. We've got you covered here. We're putting this yeah. stuff, good stuff in front of the paywall. You just wait to see what's behind the paywall. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. We'll tell you how to get in on that in just a moment. Game three here as we head on through. We're now on the – is this our four, first 4 o'clock game here? I've lost track. Uh, I think this is the three – Is that three, random 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, it's the transitory game. We have Houston at Toronto. This one's actually in Buffalo. You have Jose Urquidy going against the Blue Jays. They are in their AAA facility there. 5.1 implied run total for Toronto. Ross Stripling on the other side going against Houston. Five implied run total there for Houston. Zach Grinke last night did something he had not done in quite a while, Terry. Do you know what that was? Throw above 90 miles an hour? Complete game. Did he really? First time in four years. Nine innings, one run. I did not realize that. How many did he strike out? Uh, I didn't notice him. I want to say three. I'm going off the top of my head. I didn't notice him. It was not very many. Yeah, not a huge DFS performance then. So Interesting. Wow, I didn't realize he had gotten through the whole game. Good for him. I don't think he pr- he probably didn't crack ninety though. That's uh, a yeah, that's a weird that, spot these days. That would be a rare one. Uh, yeah, if yeah. he in fact did. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I assuming expect- you're looking for hitters here. Any any yeah. thoughts towards Urquidy? Uh, he oh he had three strikeouts, one home run allowed. That was the only run. Uh, six hits total, one walk, hundred and two pitches. Pretty efficient. Yeah, very efficient. Wow, nice. Good game by Zach. Getting by with guile. Love it. The old guy's still getting it done somehow. Um, anyway, on, on this one, I don't, I don't think we're seeing either one of these pitchers get through a complete game today. <laughs> so this is definitely, like you said, a spot, I think, to attack with some bats. I think Urquidy has got some talent in his arm, but it's not a great DFS spot by any means. 21.1% strikeout rate over 50 and two-thirds so far this year. 4.38 XFIP, a .99 whip, inducing 10.1% swinging strikes. The price is fine, 7,100 on FanDuel if you want to play him in that three-game slate at almost no ownership. You're throwing a dart against a pretty good offense. It's... It's justifiable from an ownership perspective. I just don't think you need to do it. And again, like you're in that range where I would just so much rather pay 700 more for Molly. And I don't think that 700 is going to make much difference between what bats we're going to get to on this slate. So it's just not for me. Uh, And on the DraftKings slate at 9,300, I think he's just completely off the board. I think that's a bananas price uh, for for Urquidy in this spot. Stripling on the other side, you couldn't pay me to roster. Um, I I just don't care about the 24.4% strikeout rate, over 37 innings in seven starts, not giving you enough length, 1.38 whip, puts too many guys on base, going up against this excellent Astros offense. I want no part of it. Uh, He he is not going to be striking out 25% of hitters through the whole season, I wouldn't think, and the Astros are the best team at avoiding strikeouts against both hands in the league. So, and that's over the past like three, four years. So just want no part of that. Throw Astros bats at Stripling, throw Blue Jays bats back the other way at Urquidy. If you want to game stack this one, I think that's in play for sure. Uh, particularly on that early slate, you're getting, uh, this is the highest team, highest game total by uh, a full run on that early, uh, that three game fan duel slate. And it's projected to be close. Vegas has it uh, basically even up. So should be uh, some runs on both sides in this one. Impending slug, slug fest is what I'm kind of sensing from this one. Yep. Hey, you guys, you can get access to all the Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass. That is just $29.95. This includes access to all 
premium content and tools on Osmo, including player projections, ownership projections, our premium Slack channel, lineup builder, much, much more for all of the sports. You only want to play MLB DFS, no problem. You have a one-week package there that's only $15.95. Start guessing. Stop guessing. Start winning. Join Osmo today. Game four. Dick Mountain going against Colby Allard. Couple of lefties in this one. One guy towards the end of his career. One guy still trying to figure it out. Another game where I'm not entirely sure what to do. It looks like the roof will be open in Texas. Sort of a mediocre implied run total once we start looking at Philly. And as we mentioned with the uh, game there in Buffalo between De- Detroit, or probably between Toronto and Houston. Detroit is between Toronto and Houston, I believe, uh, if we look true. at on a map, but not not in the MLB. Um, what do you what do you want to do here? Anybody that you're interested in for pitching, namely Rich Hill. The 41-year-old Rich Hill? 41 Rich Hill is still doing it too, man. It pays to be a lefty in the, in baseball, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, he's pitching well, better than I expected from this season. 57 innings in his 11 starts, 26.4% strikeout rate. Uh, the walk's down at 8.4%, 1.02 whip, inducing 11.8% swinging strikes, and a nice 33.1% uh, call plus swinging strike rate. Throwing a lot, a lot of strikes here, so... I think he's in play. He projects decently for me. Not the top projected guy by any means, but on this uh, this middle slate, my stuff is broken down by FanDuel, so like I'm looking at that as a middle slate, and uh, and the other one that we talked about is a three game early one. He is, I'm gonna say, probably the like sixth highest projected guy on that on that middle slate for me in the afternoon slate but a lot of those guys the Aaron Savalis the John Meanses of the world are all falling right in that same range so playing the ownership game and playing the uh the upside game I think there's certainly some upside for for some Rich Hill shares there uh going up against Texas against lefties Texas strikes out 23.8 percent of the time dead in the middle of the league but the create runs 11 percent worse than average and they have only a 137 team ISO so not hitting for a ton of power they've hit 23 home runs against lefties which is in the upper third of the league let's say but kind of like the uh, the team we mentioned before they're not creating runs and they're not hitting for many extra base hits other than those uh, that handful of home runs so it's an interesting spot for hill i think we could uh, we could definitely get to some shares at the uh, at the price all right uh anything for hitters in particular going against Allard here, 4.4 implied run total. I know it's not a day for you unless you actually get to say Randy Rosarena and roll some R's, but he's 6,000 on DraftKings. What the hell? That was, that was a nicely rolled R. I like it. <laughs> Randy Rosarena is, uh, yeah, very, very expensive on that DK slate. It's keeping his ownership way down, and uh, he could certainly is a guy who could turn on the ball uh, on a, against a lefty like this. So, as maybe a pay-up to be contrarian one-off kind of a guy on the DK slate, I don't hate that at 1% ownership. You're paying way up to do it. Um, on FanDuel, he's costs 3300 almost half the price across sites, and he's pulling 20% ownership. So uh, he's not really that much on the board for me over there. I don't mind the idea of throwing a couple top-of-the-lineup raise stacks, maybe go down through, uh, through Mike Zunino. Maybe if you wanted to get risky with things and you're thinking that uh, Kobe Allard won't be long for this game you could use lefty Brett Phillips if he's in the lineup at the bottom as a cheap wraparound I don't love the Joey Wendell Taylor Walls part of this lineup but I do like getting to at least uh, Zunino in the six if you're stacking it with his home run power but I think it's maybe a spot where Allard could be sneaky frisky he's 27% strikeout rate over 24 innings this year it's only one start so I don't know how stretched out he is 
But at the DK price at only 5,000, going up against the Tampa team that currently strikes out 29.8% of the time against lefties, creates runs 10% worse than average, has a 137 team ISO, and has only hit 18 home runs in the split. That's interesting. It's not a spot that's like jumping off the page appealing, but there's sneaky quiet upside and he's not drawing any attention. So as like a cheap dart throw of an SP2, I might consider a couple Kobe Allard shares on DK, depending on what we can find out about length. That would be my one concern. Yeah, that, that might be a bridge too far for me, but we shall see. I've not yet built lineups. Trivia question, true or uh, yes or no, did Rich Hill ever make a start for the Texas Rangers? My choices are true, yes or no. Uh, yeah, well, there's yeah, three choices. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think he did. I'm going to say yes. He did not. Ten he teams he has Damn. played for over his career, including a couple stints Damn, there right. with Boston, but he did not. I, I had to go look because I had visions of him in a Rangers uniform yeah, for some reason. Yeah, it's in my head for some reason. Yeah, I can, like, I can see him in that blue uniform with the Rangers. Yeah, I'm just like, why, why am I thinking that? Let me go look. Nope, he did not. Huh. Uh, unless maybe he had a, a winter league hot stove moment where he was with them briefly <laughs> and then was traded the second time, which I don't believe ever occurred. Um, heading in now to uh, the fun one, Baltimore. Now, why is this fun? Well, it's warm, but I have seen this implied run total bounce around a fair amount this morning. Currently, uh, Cleveland finally just popped back over four uh, implied runs. They are going against John Means. I was out walking the dog before the show. I say this because I'm not that far away from Baltimore. I'm, you know, like 45 or so geographical miles. It's already 86 degrees here. <laughs> we have a very similar weather pattern to what they have uh, just a little, little north of where I am. It's going to be hot. It's going to be in the 90s uh, up there today. That's just crazy. I still don't understand why John Means, even though he's a good pitcher and we're talking about all-star John Means, I still don't understand why it's such a low implied run total there. I don't want to pay 9,300 for him on DK, but I have to ask you, Terry, anything different with the pitch mix? Is the changeup fooling them? What's going on here with, uh, with uh, our, our crafty lefty, John Means? Luckiest man in baseball. That is, that's, my, that's my take on John Means. And it, it Second will lucky Lou Gehrig. Lou uh, hopefully he's got better luck than uh, than what Lou's luck turned out to be. <laughs> it's happy Lou Gehrig day from this past week, by the way, everybody. Though yeah. it's a fairly heroic uh, guy if we're assigning heroism to uh, to athletes. Anywho, uh, John Means current year one eight eight batting average on balls in play against uh, guys just hit the ball directly at his fielders. Ninety eight point six percent strand rate so far this year. Guys do not score when they get on base. 
because they cannot hit the ball away from the fielders. He's he's done a great job. I, I am saying that he's getting incredibly lucky. Part of it is skill. I mean, part of there is a skill involved in inducing those balls to be hit directly toward his fielders. Uh, 48.1% medium contact rate, limiting hard contact to 26%, inducing 26% soft contact. Pretty good. 65th percentile hard hit rate uh, so far this season. 89th percentile average exit velo against. So guys just have difficulty hitting the ball hard against him. Expected slugging percentage, though, is 40th percentile. Barrel rate, 30th percentile. So he's allowing some quality of contact in terms of where guys are getting the bat on the ball. It's just interesting. And then when guys get really good wood on the ball, he's sitting in the sixth percentile of max exit, velo uh, max exit velocity. So he's given up some very hard contact when guys do get hard contact against. So if he misses his spots, he gets tattooed. And I think that at some point we're going to see this all come crashing down on him. That luck cannot be sustained for that long. He's a guy who, throughout his career, that BABIP number has been strong for him. That's why I say he's so lucky. For his career, the BABIP against is 237. But he's just improved that so much that it's not... The differential between the 237 and the 188 is extreme, right? So we're seeing a lot of luck involved here. He is a talented guy. I just don't... I don't trust him um, going up against a fairly capable Indians offense that their best dis discernible skill is they don't strike out a lot. It's not a great DFS spot for me. 8,500 on FanDuel, 9,200 on DK. I think we can do better. That was a long windup for a uh, for a John Means take, but I think no, it was important to go through. The, the way he's popping, and if you look at a three-year or since the beginning of 2019 projected lineup figures for Cleveland, they look horrible. They have a not even like a what am I looking at? Where's my my filters have to oh that was just this year. Uh oh no got it it gets even worse. So they're projected people because there's so many youngsters in the lineup they've got four projected people that have less than 150 at bats. Three of them have less than 30. So that's going to skew it. But you would almost think that Jose Ramirez at that point can carry it because he has a 300 Woba or pardon me a 374 Woba and a 246 ISO um, which is just absolutely phenomenal and then you probably go to rosario uh the other ramirez uh harold ramirez is is adequate but then there's really nobody else but it just makes me nervous and then i was looking to see what because I, I thought oh you know i'll play savali today one i'm not really thrilled about the weather we look at savali's you know a little below average with strikeouts allows a little bit more power than we'd like to reasonable ground balls a um, little more hard contact than we want he's just he's an okay pitcher but he's the kind of guy we want against some you know some tanking teams uh when yeah. some of the teams were looking rather paltry the last couple of seasons when they squared off against him the detroits if you will and you want him when the weather's cooler i don't really want him today and i didn't really come to that actual realization until i looked at the baltimore's projected lineup they always have power you never the names are never particularly sexy but they're a threat with their home ballpark. Because someone was asking here in chat, uh, Alan S. was asking, do we do an Orioles stack? Because I've said on a lot of shows, I always try to make sure I got at least three, if not 5% Orioles stacks because one, they're usually cheap, so they're fine as a secondary stack wherever they fall in. And two, they're no-name people that just put up runs from yeah. time to time or disappoint the hell out of you, but then you don't have that much, and it's not that hard to get over the field yeah, and they're they're usually inexpensive, which is true today. Outside of Trey Mancini on DK, who's five thousand, everybody else is falling. Uh, you get Cedric Mullins is forty one hundred. Yeah, I can take or leave him. All the key hitters through the middle of the lineup under four K on DK, around three thousand or less on uh, Fanduel across the board. It's an easy team to roster, 
And like you mentioned, there's there's certainly power there. I'd like to see them steal a few more bases with some of these hitters to make them even more viable for uh, for DFS purposes. But all the way down through Michael Franco hitting seventh in this lineup, there's there's a sneaky amount of power. There's decent upside. So I don't I don't hate that at all. I like getting to this team when I can. Uh, Freddie Galvis is having an interesting year. Nine home runs this year so far. Two two three ISO creating runs fourteen percent better than average. Switch hitter probably hitting in the middle of the lineup. Santander everybody knows uh, had the power uppers last year is you know, limited sample this year only 119 plate appearance and missed some time with injury but is you know rounding into form and should be hitting third Trey Mancini 11 home runs so far this year 224 ISO that's a nice little trio there and then you can build in Mountcastle you can build in Mullins from the other side of it DJ Stewart there's a lot to like there going up against a guy who doesn't strike a ton of hitters out 18.5% strikeout rate this year for Savali these guys are going to be putting the ball in play and to your point with the weather that's a spot where we could see some balls fly out of that park or see some well-hit driven balls uh, carry a little bit further than normally would maybe get over an outfielder's head. I do like this spot for offense. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then just real quick on the Indians, just to, to wrap up uh, what you were just saying, those hitters that you named, yeah, it's not a tremendous amount of upside outside of a couple of those key hitters like a Jose Ramirez in there, maybe an Eddie Rosario. But what those guys that you named do through that uh, two, three, four, and five this season, none of those guys strike out more than 20% of the time this season. So it's just not a good strikeout spot for John Means. So that's you know that's just shaving a little bit off the top for uh, for the means projection. In addition to just my general bias, my thinking that he's getting lucky and all of that. All right, reminder everybody over on Twitter, you can stay up to date with all of the latest MLB news with our awesome MLB handle. You can check that out. Our guy News God will be delivering the starting lineup confirmations and any injury updates or late scratches daily before lock. So make sure to give awesome MLB a follow there. Check out News God's Twitter handle as well at News God underscore dfs that's n-e-w-z-g-o-d underscore dfs do you do you hear that do you hear that good is that news god music he's what's he doing here he's not supposed to be here today why why is ron why are you in chat i thought you had the day off he's here to celebrate tyler's birthday that's what he doesn't go for even on a day (laughs) off he can't resist hanging out that's all i do is i just make sure i write an article every day so oh Honey, I, I, I've got to go do uh, DFS sports, right? I, I, I'm working today. <laughs> I'm <at> work. <laughs> Good way to have a second job. All right. We are now on to the game that I want to target here heavily. Um, I, first, I wanted to say, let's go against Spencer Howard. Then I decided I'm not entirely sure, Terry. Do you know he is not allowed a home run yet? I did not know that. I, unless he got me, unless he got one early, I believe he does not has not allowed a home run. He's really only going to go about three, maybe into the fourth inning. Yeah. So not a lot of pitches there, but he's actually been relatively solid. On the other side, we have Joe Ross Jr. Now the real question today is: Do we get good Joe Ross Jr. or do we get bad Joe Ross Jr.? Because there's nothing in the middle. Good Joe Ross Jr. shows up when you least expect it. Bad Joe Ross Jr. shows up more often than not, and especially when you're ready to think this is going to be a good Joe Ross Jr. spot. We don't have Bryce Harper today. He's still on the injured list dealing with a a forearm injury, Um, so he's not going to be in the mix here. But they do have JT Real Muto back. They've got uh, some nice nice, uh, uh, other options up and down the lineup here. It's, it's a good spot with Reese Hoskins, uh, Brad Miller, Andrew McCutcheon. So those, those are the kind of the guys that I really want to focus on because against Joe Ross, you want the patient hitters because he, you will get your pitch against him. While he, is only ha- while he only has one game where he's allowed more than one home run, he's allowed home runs in all but one game. 
So that's a strong endorsement for the Phillies offense from the uh, from the Nationals. <laughs> from the Nationals here. fan here, right, yeah. <laughs> all right, I see, I see. I guess we should take that under advisement then. The Nationals fan saying uh, no Joe Ross today. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I, I there's the 22.1 percent strikeout rate, not really justifiable to to get to extreme amounts of shares of Joe Ross. 7800 on DK too. If the prices were reversed, if he was 61 on DK. I might be interested in him as an SP2, but I don't think at 7,800 we have much use for him. Uh, not drawing very much ownership, so if you wanted to take a dart throw on him, there's certainly talent there. We've seen upside games from him in the past. I mentioned it yesterday. Philly is, uh, and it's worth repeating, Philly is struggling a little bit this year, uh, more than you would expect against right-handed pitching. 26% strikeout rate is sixth worst in baseball, creating runs 13% worse than average. Only a 141 team ISO, only 36 home runs in the split, all below average marks. That said, I think that this offense is going to turn things around, particularly Bryce Harper coming back in the future will uh, certainly help them. But there's quality bats here. The one thing for me, if I'm stacking this team, is most of the guys I want to get to are pretty owned on the FanDuel slate. Uh, the top end of the lineup is in the high teens to mid-20s. On DK, it's a little bit more friendly because you can get Odubel if he's leading off. You can get Gene Segura, both under 10%. You can get Reese Hoskins around 10 Getting up to uh, Brad Miller over 20% ownership is a little concerning. I'd probably be more inclined to use Andrew McCutcheon from the middle of the lineup at like no ownership there, even though you're paying more for a guy who's struggling more than the other hitter is. Uh, Alec Bohm is on the board there as well from late in the lineup. It's just, I don't know, it, when they become difficult to thread together, when they become a little bit over-owned, and when I don't think it's necessarily a gas can of a pitcher on the other side, even if I'm not rostering Joe Ross shares, it's a little concerning for me on Philly, just in terms of how we're going to put them together in unique ways, what we're going to combine them with. I think there's probably enough on the slate that we can get away with, uh, you know, threading them together with some other stacks on a second stack that's low owned, certainly enough cheap pitching to do it. So I think they're definitely in play, but I'd hesitate. I might come in uh, a little bit under the field, particularly on the FanDuel side of things. All right. Hey, we've got a new sponsor here for this show. It is Prize Pick. So let's talk about them for just a moment. They're offering the simplest fantasy game on the market. Say goodbye to Sharks, lineup optimizers, <laughs> those pesky mass multi-entry people. You simply have to pick two, three, four, or five players slash props that are on the board to go over or under their projected line. Correctly selecting a five-player lineup and getting it all right will get you 10 times your entry fee. So the more you're picking between two, three, four, or five, the better your uh, payout becomes. The longer the odds become, but the better the payout becomes. They've got NFL, of course, or they will shortly. They've got NBA, MLB, esports. It's price picks. You can combine your picks across all the sports, which is very nice. They, of course, have a website pricepicks.com and you go to the, download them at the mobile app uh, in the app store, Google play uh, anywhere that you get your uh, mobile app uh, programs, make your first deposit. This is the one part you're really going to want to listen to make your first deposit. Use the promo code. Awesome. They will match you up to $100. Boom. So you're starting your account out, put in a hundred. You're really starting out with 200. That's definitely the way to go. Um, the nice thing that you can utilize is the awesome odds shopper to kind of look and see what their lines are versus our probabilities of the different lines, particularly in basketball uh, of success or not success, which failure in not making a line. Well, you can turn that into your success. So check that out over on prizepicks.com today. Game seven. Hey, we're, uh, 
real quick, just since we didn't touch on the national side of that oh. one, would you be since we're expecting Howard to maybe come out after three or four, or he's you know had Turner, Soto, and uh, and Starlin Castro? They're in play every day, as is uh, Bell. Those are really yep. the, and Schwarber and Schwarber. He's healthy. Yep, and I nobody I else, literally nobody else. I don't trust any of them. Jan Gomes as a catcher, no. For uh, no as a lefty against the lefty, we play Jan. Yeah, I guess no Victor Robles, sneaky no. little wraparound guy. He's not stealing enough bases yeah, for me. He's got a, a little tight hammy. Can't have that. Five, five steals, only a three thirty six on base. Yeah, that's that's concerning. Gomes does have five home runs so far this season, though. So, yeah. But, but, but now I, think about this: we're almost thirty percent of the way through the season, so that would be fifteen home runs for a one sixty two game sample size. That would just well, be he's only had a hundred. 134 plate appearances. For All right. Well, let's from- multiply that by six. It is a little bit better. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Damn it, math. I was told there would be no math today, especially for Tyler's birthday. So, yeah, for, for the Howard uh, side of it, uh, he, he's super cheap, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the depth. I just don't think we're going to get enough length to justify it. Uh, certainly don't want to chase like a quality start or anything with him. I don't think he's going to be there enough, particularly if some of these bats get to him. So, I would be more inclined to roster, I think, the uh, the Nats bat side of this one. All right. Let's see here. Oh, we have a question here. Uh, Schwarber or Castellanos? I'm assuming that must be Nick Castellanos. Um, do we have a site? Uh, DK. DK. Um, Schwarber is... I believe they're both 4,100. Yeah, I'm just trying to find... Uh... Castellanos in here. I was getting. Uh, I think yeah, Castellanos batting third uh, right now against Oviedo. Yeah, for some reason that game's not populated in my feet. That's weird. Oh, because it is this oh, part it of is. your two. The two it was in. Game. Yeah, it's yeah, it it's in secret line. slate number one on the Terry uh, McBride <laughs> Excel sheets. <laughs> um, I'm getting. A, lit, a slightly better home run mark for Castellanos, and he's going to be probably hitting higher up in the batting order, so you might get an extra plate appearance out of him. Um, it's close, but I would probably lean Castellanos. All right. This next game, we have a potential pitching option here. It's Miami. They're taking on the Pirates in PNC Park. It is going to be uh, nearly 90 degrees here. This is 4 o'clock start, so the, the weather will, will start, it'll start to cool a little bit. It still should be above 80, degree, 80 degrees for the majority of this afternoon game. Uh, Trevor Rogers coming in at 9,000 on DK. Nice uh, lefty matchup against a fair uh, – I don't, what's the best way to say it? The Pirates are going to end up with more lefties in their lineup than I think they would like is a better way to say yeah. that, I think, because they're going to have to put in Tra- Frazier and Polanco because they're two of their better hitters um, here. We do have um, uh, Cabrian Hayes back, homered with authority after you you spoke his name yesterday after missing two months with a wrist injury. So uh, hat tip to you, good sir, for willing that one into existence. Yeah. Are you Are you looking for a little Rodgers today? Little Captain America. Yeah, I think that's a I think it's a killer spot. Uh, he's pulling some ownership on both sites, but it's probably I don't want to say it's a little bit low just given the the number of games we've got on that slate, but it's at worst appropriate. Uh, 10-2 on the FanDuel slate, certainly a paying up to get to him, but he's been pitching great. 30.5% strikeout rate on the year, 3.26 X fit, 1.10 whip. 15.2% swinging strikes. Very, very solid mark there. Giving you nice depth, 62 and two-thirds over 11 starts. So uh, nothing to uh, complain about in the depth department there. I think it's a little bit of a discount to 9,000 for him on that DK slate. 
pulling, like I said, a decent amount of ownership, but the spot is terrific. The Pirates' one discernible skill is not striking out all that much. 22.2% strikeout rate against lefties this year sits them uh, ninth best in baseball, but they have uh, they create runs 14% worse than average. They've hit the fewest home runs, tied for fewest, excuse me, uh, with the Detroit Tigers against lefties with only 10 uh, and they have a 146 team ISO. So there's just not a ton of threat coming back the other way against Rodgers here. So in addition to his personal strikeout upside, which I think is strong, uh, despite their ability to limit strikeouts, I think it's a spot where the you know very talented pitcher can overcome a little bit the uh, the hitter's ability to not get struck out. So I think between those factors and the fa- and the fact that there's not a big threat coming back against him, he's safe and he's got upside. So that's a spot I really, really like. I would have a, a decent amount of Trevor Rogers here. Uh, pitcher on the other side, t- is it DeJong or DeYoung? Do you know? I think it's DeYoung. DeYoung? We'll Chase just call DeYoung. we'll just call him Chase. As CBJ. in, are we are we going to chase after him? He is uh, 27. This will just be his 17th appearance in the bigs. Uh, he did go 82 pitches in his last game, Terry. I'm just calling up his his uh, minor league, uh, let's see, four starts thus far in May, Once because uh, minor leagues didn't start until the beginning of May. He went 90, 84, 71, and 78 pitches. So we are getting a little bit more than uh, just just a, 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 an opener here. I would suspect we're, we're in the range of 70 to 80 pitches. At 5,300 on DK, he's going to be in play for me just a little bit. I'm not going to keep him out of my player pool, but I'm going to see what hitters it does help me get to have him. Uh, and how much he ends up coming up. It's a little tricky trying to figure out how we're going to project him. Those are free today, by the way, the Osmo MLB player projections. Check those out on the site. What do you want to do with the young? I'm just looking through some of his minor league numbers over time. I, I'm if he was good, he would have had more appearances in the majors. <laughs> right. right. We're talking. I mean, we're but talking he's about 5, like a 300 and I need yeah, an SP2. It, that's the thing. He's, he's 27. We're talking about like a quad A caliber pitcher here. Uh, when we say quad A, it's like that spot between a triple A pitcher and a major league pitcher, basically. And I think the minor league numbers kind of back that up through his career. His biggest sample that I can find in a, in a quick look here was in 2016 in double A, 141 and two thirds innings, only struck out uh, 22.2% of double A hitters. That's a little concerning. You see a couple spikes up into, into high range, but they're all based on small samples in the strikeout rate. So I just don't know that he's going to be able to strike out a lot of major league hitters. It is technically a good matchup going up against the Marlins, but they've gotten back to health. They've gotten a little bit frisky lately. So, I would be a little bit concerned about it. They do sit, uh, what is it, fifth worst in baseball with a 26.1% strikeout rate, creating runs 14% worse than average, and only a 126-team ISO. So there has not been much power uh, against right-handed pitching here. I just, I don't know. I think this team's healthier and better than probably what they're getting credit for for with Jazz Chisholm coming back, with Sterling Marte back. Uh, you get uh, Jesus Aguiar, Adam Duvall, Corey Dickerson in the projected there. Even Isan Diaz down uh, toward the bottom of the lineup is underrated for uh, his overall talent. It hasn't really shown through at the major league level very much, but it is in there. So I think I'd maybe be more inclined to roster some Marlins bats. It's like the third time this week I've, I've talked about them. They're pulling a little bit of ownership. Maybe it's just a stay away spot across the board for me other than Trevor Rogers here. I don't know how much I want to invest in getting to Marlins stacks in this spot if people are going to be on them. So I don't love either side of it really, but I think if I was choosing that, uh, even given the $5,300 price tag on that pitcher, I think I would have to go Marlins bats over Chase DeYoung shares. All right, next game, I've got some pitching questions for you. Brandon Woodruff 
that's a that's a wholehearted yes for me. That that's not a lot of discussion there. Merrill Kelly, much like Tariq Skubal, someone I am streaming today seemed like a good idea yesterday. Not so much today as I'm looking at things. Just don't know where if there's going to be enough strikeouts there. Now I, I go back and forth uh, trying to figure out what what exactly is what kind of a lineup are we going to get from the Brewers? Because they do strike out above average. If we look at their two and a half year trailing um, numbers, the today's projected lineup is going to have a 26% strikeout rate, basically against righties and lefties. That's a fair amount of strikeouts in there. Plus we got the pitcher as well. That's not factored into those. So it seems like an okay spot. They do have a lot of power. Kelly doesn't really avoid power that much. He has a, a slight... Uh, lean towards allowing better um, power to righties. That's just sort of based upon his pitch mix. I don't think it's enough to be an actionable item. It's just something worth noting. I, I, it's like I'm, I'm, it's the sort of Damocles. I don't know what to do. It's hanging over my head. What is the right choice here? You can be King Solomon as I'm mixing metaphors. You just you look <laughs> and up stories. and you roll to whichever <laughs> side. You just got to roll as it's weaving like this and just go opposite. Uh, just pulling it up since they did get uh, Christian Yelich back pretty recently. I did a, a guesstimate of when he came back. I didn't actually look it up, but I wanted to see the impact to the strikeout rate, which was uh, as a team, the active roster is at 26.3% for the season, which is fourth worst in baseball against right-handed pitching the, uh, the Brewers here. And then looking it up for a sample that goes back to May 19th, which I think is around when, when Yelich came back. So I, I estimated it. They actually have gone up to a 27.3% strikeout rate. So they've added strikeouts uh, in that sample. That definitely sweeps up the uh, the time that Yelich has been back here. Not creating runs, 19% worth than average creating runs against righties. 46 home runs, about average. Uh, 146 team ISO, a little bit below average. I expect the power will come up for this team over time. They've got some home run hitters here. They got Christian Yelich back. So those things will come up. But there are a ton of strikeouts available in this lineup overall. The projected lineup, I've got at 26.6% uh, average. I think that was the number you just threw out there. And I think there's upside here. Um, Kelly, only 7,000 on the FanDuel state, 7,100 on DK. On DK, he's pulling under 5% ownership. That's probably a mistake. I, I know the Brewers have shown out a little bit with power lately, and there are definitely some upside bats here, but, you know. It... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any Anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm struggling to recommend Merrill Kelly, <laughs> if you can hear me. 21.1% uh, strikeout rate over 64 and a third innings. 11 starts. He's giving you depth. The strikeout rate is not where you want to see it. The whip is bumpy. But I think there are 
are additional strikeouts to what he normally sees here. It's not a safe spot by any means. This is a guy who can easily get tattooed in this spot by this team. But I think if you're looking for cheap, low-owned strikeout potential, upside potential that people aren't going to be on, he's at least in play, and he projects pretty well for me. So I don't love it, kind of like what I was saying with Luis Castillo yesterday. Didn't love it, didn't want to recommend it to people, but if I'm playing it, I'll probably have some. Yeah, and that's and for me, I will. It's just an SP two, and, and it's yeah. it's mostly a function of just that. So uh, Brandon Woodruff on the other side, over his last eleven hundred batters of either handedness, he has just over a thirty percent strikeout rate, just below a six percent walk rate, twelve percent swinging strike rate, thirty one percent outside swing rate. This feels pretty pretty good, as uh, they used to say on the television. Hey, pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, that's a no-brainer spot. Yeah. Just smash it and uh, don't worry about it. Diamondbacks, 14% below average, creating runs in the split, uh, 139 team ISO. Uh, middle of the league, 23.7% strikeout rate, dead in the middle of the league, tied with the White Sox for 15th. So uh, I think it's a great spot for Woodruff. I don't think there's anything really to take away from him. Would not really look to roster Diamondbacks' bats going against him, even in from a, a hedge contrarian kind of an angle. I just don't see the upside for them here, getting very suppressed uh, home run marks. I don't think the prices are necessarily priced down for the spot on the DK slate where you're getting major discounts or anything. So it's an ownership discount for sure. And from an any given day, anything can happen kind of a perspective. Fine if you want to take those shots against the 30% on pitcher, but that wouldn't be for me. And I really like the price 10-3 on DK, probably a discount for Woodruff at his talent in this matchup. Absolutely. All right. We do have one more game on our early slate. We will cover the main slate. There are six games on theirs. On there, uh, we've got some good information there that we want to include, but just wanted to say, you know, don't worry. We're, we're, we don't have a show immediately after us for the first time on, in the weekend, and we're not actually up against the lock, so we're going to make sure we get you guys all the information, because this is going to go out on the Osmo Podcast Network, and and that's one of the, the helpful things that's out there, because that uh, shelf life for that uh, main slate stuff is good for several hours, I'm so we want to make sure. We I'm going to talk at least up until the 2 o'clock lock. I, you know, I don't have an issue with it either, but uh, Birthday Boy may need to take a little nappy poo here at some point and i know old guy does too so uh i may be projecting on to birthday boy but i know i need a nap so we're not gonna go forever but we are gonna get birthday boy's got some shots to take that's for sure (laughs) all right so we have the twins at the royals it is going to be a 12 to 15 mile an hour wind going out to left field it is going to be in the mid 80s today in kaufman stadium i point this out because it does play a little more hitter friendly when we see this we have jose berrios at 8700 on dk i kind of like that price going against a somewhat dangerous royals lineup they've got some speed they've got some power uh they don't have necessarily a lot of patience some of their hitters do some of them are wind machines uh adelberto mondesi a little bit dinged up we'll have to see if he's in the lineup on the other side we have mike minor 7300 that is somewhat appealing it is terrifying Absolutely terrifying taking lefties against the Twins, but Miner has made great strides over the last couple seasons. He's not quite in the trustworthy category, but he's not in the I'm going to pick on him every time he takes the mound category that he had been at various points in time, in time and for his career. I'm leaning pitchers here. It's tepid because the weather and two good offenses, but it's baseball and anything can happen. What's the hardest thing to do in baseball? Hit a baseball. There you go. Hardest thing to do in, uh, in all of sports. 
in what they tell me. Although the idea of deflecting a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot with a hockey stick into a goal seems pretty difficult as well. Uh, anywho, uh, Jose Barrios, for me, is the one of these two pitchers who's projecting better. Uh, I think it's definitely a very interesting spot in terms of those twins going up against lefty Mike Miner. Kind of a test for that axiom about playing these twins bats against lefty pitching. Miner's pitching very well. You mentioned it, uh, 27% strikeout rate so far this season. 3.91 XFIP, 1.22 whip, both fine. Not great, but fine. 60 innings over 11 starts, giving you reliable, fairly reliable depth, inducing inducing 10.6% swinging strikes. The contact numbers for Miner are pretty solid. Uh, 72nd percentile on hard hit rates, uh, 60, 62nd percentile average exit velo against. Sitting only in the 51st percentile on expected slugging percentage. So guys probably are going to start driving the ball a little bit more against him. But you mentioned he's made some strides, made some improvements, and uh, certainly in the strikeout department has made uh, big improvements. There are strikeouts available in this Twins team, but there is so much power coming back the other way that I'm a little bit concerned about rostering too many minor shares. Particularly, he's drawing decent amount of ownership. He's 8,400 on the FanDuel slate, and he's drawing around 15% ownership. I think I like minor better if you're insistent on pitching minor for 7,300 and 23% ownership over on DK. It just kind of makes more sense to me at those numbers than paying up to into uh, heavy ownership on the single pitcher slate. That said, I don't really love it. I don't know that I would roster twins bats against him though. He, they're drawing a decent amount of ownership across both sites. And if we're talking about running them into an improved pitcher with people chasing the narrative of this team against the lefty, Maybe it's a spot where I just let other people run into that um, and I just avoid it entirely. I would roster some Barrio shares, particularly because he's not getting a lot of attention on either site. There are some strikeouts, particularly on the back end of this Royals lineup. You've got four hitters in the 30s. That said, there are several hitters in the teens and uh, almost in the single digits at the top of the lineup in terms of strikeout rate. So it's not the greatest spot in the world, but Berrios is an effective pitcher, 26.7% strikeout rate, 1.09 whip, keeping guys off base a decent amount, 3.34 xFIP. So he's pitching pretty effectively, and the prices are fair. They're not great, but they're fair. And if he's not drawing ownership there, I think I would get to some shares of that. I would probably grab a few uh, Royals hedge stacks if I got overweight on him because I do like this team, uh, particularly for DFS purposes. All right. Uh, reminder, you, you guys had asked before, I do want to mention, I'm going to drop the link in chat for our Belmont content. That'll take you, uh, it's just the search feature that is very helpful to use on the Osmo.com website. Up in the upper right, there is magnifying glass. Just type in your keyword and it will bring up the different articles and or uh, landing pages to get two different things. We have a 12 minute video here for picks from Ben Rasa, who by the way, grew up on in sports at, what do we say, racetracks. His parents have been betting since since he was in a stroller. They've been bringing him to the racetrack. I'm not I'm not making this up. He he says he has spent more time there than he has anywhere else, probably even school. So he is the person you want to listen to. He's also on there with Josh Engelman. And then we've got a, a nice little article that uh, throws out a few different picks uh, that you can put together there if you want to have a little bit of fun. We also, another opportunity for you guys to get some free Osmo premium content, the Osmo avatar promotion, along with the Hall of Fame. The avatar promotion, well, if you just go to osmo.com backslash avatar, you can uh, download the Osmo avatar. If you have that as your DFS avatar, place in the top three of a contest with the over 5,000 contestants, no, sorry, I didn't say anything. It could be five cent contest, it could be a hundred dollar contest. Just has to have five thousand contestants. Place top three in that. 
tweet your win to uh, Osmo underscore COM and Osmo Hall of Fame, and we will get you 30 free days of Osmo premium content. Don't finish top three, but still have a nice win. Still even have a small win. Celebrate. We'll celebrate with you. Send that to Osmo HOF on Twitter, and you can be featured in upcoming Osmo Hall of Fame segments. We're not going to go through all of them today because we are a little bit short on time, and I want to give you the full content here for uh, the main slate, but Tyler is zipping through those. But uh, hat tip to everybody who has made the Osmo Hall of Fame. All right, Terry, we're on to the night slate here. Eduardo Rodriguez, Jamison Tyon. You're not wearing your Yankees hats. Uh, is this is this a good luck, bad luck thing? Uh, have you jinxed them in some way? What's what's going on here? Because because I'm thinking I want to target against Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, I I like the power upside. The sneaky thing is going to be Rukned Odur, who actually hits lefties for power around a 200 ISO over the last two plus seasons. Hey, Eduardo Rodriguez gives up about a 200 ISO to fellow lefties. There's your sneaky lefty, lefty reverse, reverse hitter, reverse pitcher home run uh, for you. What do you want to do with your guys in pinstripes here? Uh, <laughs> um, that's my general reaction to my Yankees these days. They've just been bad. This is a lousy offense. It's filled with excellent players. It's filled with stars. Um, they just do not string hits together well enough. I am concerned about this Yankees team. Uh, just looking at the strikeout rate, the projected lineup, 24.9% average strikeout rate, and you get guys like Rudin Odor, who you mentioned in there. Um, sure, there's lefty-lefty power in there. He's also been a sub-Mendoza line hitter for the last three years. Um, just doesn't put bat on ball enough for me. If he does connect, yeah, he can drive it. I don't disagree with that by any means. I just don't love rostering guys who make contact, you know, one out of every 10 times they swing the bat. It's just it's just not a great spot. Um, similar player, Gary Sanchez, tattoos the ball every time he makes contact with it, but some Mendoza. They've got four hitters in the projected lineup or some below the Mendoza line. I mean, it, when I say Mendoza line, I mean a 200 batting average for, for people who don't know. Uh, batting average, not the thing I care about the most, but it carries through their triple slash uh, across the board. You, know, you look at uh, Miguel Andujar, uh, 247, 247, 377 in his small sample. Clint Frazier, 179, 296, 317. Gary Sanchez, 198, 323, 374. These are not great triple slash lines. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean I want to throw Eduardo Rodriguez against him, against them. 6,800 on the FanDuel slate, 25.6% strikeout rate going up against a team that does strike out a decent amount. The concern for me is that Rodriguez puts too many guys on base, uh, not necessarily via the walks. He's only walking 5.7% of hitters, but he's got a 1.44 whip. That's not sustain sustainable in Yankee Stadium unless you're striking out a bunch of guys. I think he's got the upside for that. The price is right. The ownership is not there. It's kind of an intriguing spot for Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, the Yankees bats are going to be very owned. I think I would probably get to both sides of it if I was rostering shares of Eduardo Rodriguez. Take some Yankees hedge stacks, even at the heavy ownership. I just don't really know how I'm putting them together on the FanDuel slate. There's a lot more room to work with them on DK, where you're getting guys like Gio Urshela, Gleyber Torres, Rugnet Odor, who we've mentioned a few times. At low ownership, you can string them together in, in more interesting ways. But the key hitters that we want, the Aaron Judges, Giancarlo Stantons of the world, are going to be heavily owned on both sides. All right. You haven't stepped outside today, but it is approaching 90, and it'll be around there at Yankee Stadium yep. tonight, Terry. Nice little 8 to 10-mile-an-hour breeze out there to left field. I don't think I'm getting to Eduardo or Rodriguez, only because we're going to talk about some phenomenal pitchers coming up here. 
We do have options, that's for sure. And this is this is a, a lineup construction thing. And it just the way the way this slate is falling, we we don't have to force ourselves into anything we don't want to, depending on how much Coors Field we want to get. But we'll talk. Would you about roster that. any? Would you roster any tie on coming back the other way, or same story going up against? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, not particularly yeah. interested. Yeah, I, I would set both these guys at ten percent. If I got ten percent, I'd be okay with it. Um, but and frankly, I think that that's the appropriate amount to get. And then just wherever the field comes in, if they're over or under, I'm completely fine with that. Um, and because it all comes down to what kind of, what kind of hitters you're going to get. And with these other pitchers that we're going to talk about, if you get two of them in a lineup and you get your core stack, it's not going to be the hitters that you want yeah. uh, in your core stack. Next game we have here. This is one of two that I guess, well, technically this is really the only one that has any sort of weather issues. There's a chance of pop-up showers today in Atlanta. Uh, in about three weeks, you're going to hear us say for about the next six weeks, there's a chance of thunderstorms in Atlanta. That's just what it does in areas that are hot and humid. If they land over the stadium, it could be an issue. If they don't, well, it's not a problem. Uh, for this one, I'm kind of interested a little bit in Clayton Kershaw, just a teensy bit only because his price on DK is kind of near where some of these other guys are. So if I'm going with a little bit of game theory here, uh, I may land on Clayton Kershaw. This is not the best of spots for him. However, Atlanta's just posting a 3.8 implied run total. That seems pretty low to me, um, especially when you consider Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley is hitting the cover off the ball right now. Yeah, the back half of their lineup is garbage, but they still do have Freddie Freeman. Um, on the other side, I'm not really a fan of Charlie Morton. I don't like taking uh, hit pitchers against LA if I can avoid avoid it. Max Muncy, a little bit dinged up, but they do have Cody Bellinger back uh, after his uh, hairline fracture in his, in his uh, was, it was left, left tibular, fibula, whatever. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a botanist. Wait, I'm not a botanist. Okay. Well, you're also not a, whatever bone doctor is on. It's not ornithologist. That's birds. Anyway, um, I don't really want the hitters in this game. I don't really want the pitchers in this game. Feels a little bit weird. Where are you landing on that one? And how do you feel about maybe targeting against Charlie Morton? Yeah, I think I'm, I, I haven't thought through where I'm going to come down in terms of the hitters, but I, I think there's appeal on both sides in getting to some of these bats. Atlanta hits lefties really, really well. Clayton Kershaw is not every lefty, of course. This is Clayton Kershaw we're talking about. Still, Atlanta for the season, leading the league with a 211 team ISO. That's an outstanding mark as a team um, against left-handed pitching. 24.9% strikeout rate, slightly below average, creating runs 5% above average, 24 home runs uh, among the league-leading teams against lefties. Just a lot to like about that Atlanta offense overall. Obviously, they lose uh, powerful Mar uh, righty Marcelo Zuna, probably for the foreseeable future with everything going on with him. So it's not the same lineup necessarily, but at least one through five, I do like that Braves lineup. And they're not getting a ton of ownership. So I think they could be a little bit sneaky for some upside here. You're, again, throwing them against one of the best pitchers of his generation, not just of a guy who's pitching well this year or anything. Clay Kershaw, 27.7% strikeout rate this year, 3.18 xFIP, 0.97 whip, inducing 15.8% swinging strikes, 70 and a third innings in 12 starts. There's every reason in the world to like Clayton Kershaw. I don't worry about him here. I get a decent projection on him. He's coming in under 10% owned on FanDuel, under 20% owned on DK. Definitely, definitely reasons to roster Clay Kershaw in some pitching shares here. I would probably get over the field on him on FanDuel. I would probably get over the field on him on DK. I think he's got upside. 
but I would also probably look to get over the field on some of these Braves hitters coming back the other way. Just not even just as a hedge. I do think there is appeal there uh, when they're not getting ownership. So some sneaky upside there. And then even stronger feeling about getting to some Dodgers bats against Charlie Morton, less inclined to get to Morton shares against the Dodgers. I'm not a pitcher. I have a ton of trust in 27.6% strikeout rate is fine. 1.26 whip on the season over 57 innings is okay. 3.30 XFIP suggests to me that he's pitching well, maybe getting away with putting a few too many guys on base, 11.5% swinging strike rate. He's inducing strikes. There are strikeouts here for him, but not a ton. And like you mentioned, Cody Bellinger coming back just completely changes his lineup. One of the best lineups in baseball when they get Corey Seager back and they're fully functional again, uh, this team's going to take off. So just not a spot for me going up against them with Charlie Morton here. doesn't project well for me. I like the price. I wish he projected well, had a better matchup. I would be more inclined to get the Dodgers bats against them. Yeah, he's. I'm just looking at this. He's He's been all over the place with his results. Um, he's allowed home runs in basically half his games, just one, but the, the walks are all over the place. It strikeouts show up and then disappear. He had one six unearned run disaster where he got only two outs against Philly. Um, but then he's had other one to again, you know, he then the game after that, you know, he shut down New York and shut down Boston. I don't know what to expect from him. Um, in situations like that, I still kind of lean on the, on the hitting side. Yeah, and that's I think that's a good way to make that decision. When you don't know, favor the bats. Uh, it's just more likely, and you're, you're taking a bigger share of, of probability, taking more opportunities than with just one pitcher kind of zeroing in on them like that. Uh, just looking at him in StatCast, just to round it off, he is around the middle of the league in a lot of these, slightly above average in a lot of things. 71st percentile hard hit rate allowed, 64th percentile barrel rate, 59th average exit below. So he's doing okay in the contact stats. 55th percentile expected slugging percentage right around the middle of the league. So nothing really shines through, but there's not really major, major warning signs against him either. I think it's just kind of what we've said. He, he's projected for like an average kind of a day. I don't think there's major DFS upside in, uh, in rostering Charlie Moore. Yeah, and that that's perfect to get us on to the next game. I got to say, Frederick Dute, man, you, you dropped a con- comment in chat. Just cut me to the bone, man. Didn't hurt so much right here. Not so much right here, but right here. And, and in my, my heart, and the, but then he makes another comment where my heart grows. And now I love, I love Mr. Dute. There we go. Your heart's that for a joke. Did that one land? I don't know. He said, he said, uh, Emacs batting below the Mendoza line with jokes today. And then his next mm. comment. But when he hits, he mashes. <laughs> so that's a good one. Uh, you know what's also a good one? Cole Stewart today. He's pitching in San Francisco. This is going to be a 4 o'clock local start. It's still going to be relatively cool in there. Do not worry about that 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. Uh, the ballpark is essentially built for it, and they have a de facto 10 mile an hour wind at any time sitting next to the bay. On two pitcher sites, I think we need to give serious consideration to Mr. Stewart especially if we want to get some tickets into that Coors Field extravaganza. Last year, Stewart did not pitch. He opted out of the pandemic-shortened season. This year, he began in AAA. Uh, He began when that started in May. He has made four appearances for the Iowa Cubs. He's averaged just over 85 pitches in those. Uh, He did make his debut on Monday. I think he threw about 64, 65 pitches going off memory there, but he should be good for 80, 85 pitches today is my guess. We are looking at a San Francisco lineup that is not terrifying because there is no Mike Stremski and no Brandon Belt, 
who are out today. So my cheap SB2 that is allowing me to avoid some of these other pitchers and still get Coors Field is going to be Cole Stewart. What do we say? What is real, real or what is hot or not? What are, what are some of those shows like, like, like good or bad? You know? Yeah. Hot or not. Yeah. It's so uh, realistic. The, the, am the I perfuming uh, the pig here? Or game? <laughs> I, I think if we were playing that game, I think Cole Stewart might be, uh, despite the price, somebody I would be uh, lopping his head off and killing here. Um, I'm concerned about uh, that spot. I, I understand the price. He's priced like a hitter on the DraftKings slate. Uh, 4800 Right. Yeah. He's, so he's 28 on Yahoo. Spanduel at 64 No. Yeah. No so, reason. That puts him 1200 less than who was that $6,000 hitter that we talked about early on the on the first slate? Randy Arrozarena. Randy Arrozarena. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> for 1200 less than Randy Arrozarena, I think it makes sense from a pricing point from a it allows you to do other things kind of a perspective. I just think there's a strong probability that you're rostering a very, very low fantasy score there. I don't think this is the guy that we're talking about paying 4800 for and we're getting you know, 10, 12 DK points out of even. He is not a strikeout pitcher. Looking through his minor league career, he never cracked 25% strikeouts in the minors. He never cracked 24% strikeouts in the minors. His peak was 23.1% in AA in 2018. Concerning. Um, does not have great overall uh, ratings from traditional scouting. Is a, a plus fastball, uh, 55 grade fastball with a 60 upside, 45 grades, uh, excuse me, 40 grade commands. Uh, it's just dicey in traditional scouting. A lot of just different indicators uh, that this guy is maybe not a major league pitcher or at least not yet a major league pitcher. So I'd be a little concerned about rostering Cole Stewart. I don't know. You know, I know uh, he's throwing fairly deep into games. He might not have the opportunity to throw 85 pitches against this Giants team. They've been kind of rolling offensively. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, they're, they're without a couple of their best hitters. They are also striking out 27.5% of the time against righties this season, which is league worst, which is surprising. They've been a good team at avoiding strikeouts uh, throughout the last few years. That said, they've hit 57 home runs against righties this season. That's uh, fourth best in baseball. 102 WRC plus creating runs, 2% better than average. 186 team ISO against righties. I think there's upside for the San Francisco offense. I would be a little concerned, even at that low, low price of rostering Cole Stewart. I just think he's going to be in and out of here pretty quickly with a, a pretty big number hung on him. All right. Pucker factor is going to be high. We'll let you Very know much how so. it turns out. Uh, on the other side here, we have Kevin Gaussman going against the Cubs. Uh, Gaussman's numbers are jaw-dropping, to say the least. It's just a 3.3 implied run total here for the Cubbies. Gaussman? 56 on Yahoo, 11-2 on FanDuel, only 8,900 on DraftKings. Sort of got the uh, Freddie Peralta treatment, uh, if you will, from what we saw on the imbalance between the sides the other day. So on the other two sides, go with the DeGrom. On DraftKings, Gaussman is definitely in the running here um, for his stuff. Over his 11 starts this season, he has allowed one or fewer runs in 10 of them. So let's flip that the other way. Only once. In 11 starts, has he allowed more than one run? Wow, that's pretty good. He's fourth in the league with a 1.40 ERA, but still not best on this slate. He has 10.6 uh, strikeouts per nine. That's just outside of the top 10. I'm all in. If he can navigate Peterson, Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez, it falls off the shelf for the Cubbies. Sorry, Ian Happ. I'm putting you in that category again. Ooh, cold. Cole, just because just because he's sitting 186, 306, he, 327 on the season, creating runs yes. 17% worse than average. 
Yes, because he yeah. hurt my feelings last night when I needed a hit from him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hurt me a little bit as well. A guy I uh, maybe over-rostered in uh, season long this season. I was expecting a little bit more out of him. That said, a lot of season left. Does hit everything hard. Do like uh, Ian Happ in general. I think, yeah, if you're rostering Cubs stacks, it's definitely a one through six kind of a day. I would throw Happ into the mix there with Contreras, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and Peterson. But uh, yeah, I think it's much, much more about Kevin Gaussman. I love that price on DK. All in on that price, even with 45% ownership. Nothing to worry about there. Going up against a Cubs roster that, like we said, is decent. Uh, creating runs 3% worse than average, though. Strikes out 24.9% of the time against righties, which is 12th worst in baseball. 164 team ISO. Only a little bit above average. 48 home runs in the split. So it's. I think the Cubs are what we think they are in this spot. And Gaussman is pitching very, very well. 30.9% strikeout rate, 70 and two-thirds innings over 11 starts, so giving you fairly reliable depth. And that includes a start where he came out a little bit early the last time around. I think it was a hip thing, but they say he's fine, should be giving us regular depth. I assume that's why he was priced down on DK, because the numbers don't justify that price tag. I think they saw him come out early last time around and uh, and maybe got concerned. 305 XFIP to that whip, still an excellent XFIP, but nothing to, to really worry about there. 0.81 whip, not letting guys on base. Pitching great, like I've said a few times already. Uh, 74th percentile hard hit rate, 71st percentile average exit velo, 75th percentile expected slugging percentage. Just really, really strong numbers across the board. So, yeah, I'm all in on Gaussman here. Really like the spot. I would be willing to pay 11-2 for it. Uh, I wish the ownership at that price was down a little bit. Still nearly 20% ownership at that price is maybe a little concerning on the FanDuel slate. It's going to be a matter of what bats I can get to that will dictate whether I'm above or below the field on FanDuel on that one. All right. We are on to Coors Field, the extravaganza, if you will. It's going to be in the low to mid 80s tonight. A little bit of a wind coming in from left field around the 10 to 13 mile an hour range. We now have an 11 and a half implied run total here. 6.4 going to Oakland, 5.8 going to the Rockies couple of lefties on the mound, Cole Irvin, Kyle Freeland. I'm not interested in either one. Now, here's the interesting part. You're going to look at some of these prices on DK that we're going to talk about. You say, oh, these, these guys are too cheap. They're not because we've got DeGrom, we've got Musgrove, we've got – we just talked about Gaussman. There's some expensive pitchers on here that are going to balance everything out. You've got to realize that everybody is going to have at least one of those three guys on one as one of their SPPs. And then depending on what they do with that second one. So even though these prices feel cheap, I'm not doing cartwheels over it. Chad Pinder, very nice. Probably be batting second or fifth. Uh, he does tend to get pulled for pinch hitters because um, he's not that great against righties. Steven Piscotty somehow is 2K. If he makes the lineup, he's been a little bit dinged up. He kills lefties, and he's actually not too bad against righties. So those are some extreme, extreme low prices on DK, um, but their power guys are all appropriately priced. On the Colorado side, we've got you know discounted guys, but their discounted guys don't have power. Jonathan Diazza, 3,300. Terry, I, does he hit a ball out of the infield? I don't know. What are you doing with this? I'm assuming you're waving off the pitchers. Is there one pitcher you want to pick on worse than the other? How's that? Um, it looks, it looks about even up. I mean, if I was, if I was playing it that way, I would have to say, I would rather pick on Kyle Freeland just because I believe in the A's offense more. Um, so I'd be taking the, the bats really would be what the equation is about there. But from a DFS perspective, it's just difficult. You know, I, I know the A's kind of came through with some runs and uh, some production yesterday, 
But I kind of waved them off yesterday, not in a full wave off, but I was saying I wanted to be under the field on the A's bats yesterday based on some of the ownership, based on the fact uh, that they were going up against John Gray, who I respect at least a little. Um, it's not the pitcher respect factor today, but looking at the ownership projections, particularly on DK, the average ownership projection for the projected lineup for the A's is 32.2%. That's the average. These guys are going to be owned like crazy. It's going to be very difficult to roster this team at all in any unique ways. So I'm just concerned, especially when you factor in that everybody's going to be putting together with DeGrom, Kershaw, or Gaussman in some kind of combination. Like You're walking yourself down very, very specific avenues of construction with this team now. Uh, it's similar on FanDuel. It's less extreme in terms of the ownership. They're coming up. Uh, why is that not averaging for me? Well, it's less extreme. Let's put it that way. I don't know why it won't give me the average when I highlight it, those cells, but you get more guys in like the mid teens on FanDuel. So I, you can get to it a little bit better over there. Uh, it's probably price driven. I would guess that that's why that's coming together that way. But I think just going by the ownership, if I was to choose a team, it would probably be the Rockies side, worse offense. But I do like the power in a CJ Crone. You get Charlie Blackman in there. You get Ryan McMahon, who's having a very nice season. Uh, McMahon sitting uh, 257, 311, 505, but a 248 ISO, 13 home runs so far, and only 225 plate appearances. Get him at two different positions. 5,400 is uh, keeping people at bay on DraftKings. 3,800 people are going to be on him a little bit more on uh, FanDuel. But I like getting at least to the top end of that lineup. I mentioned Brendan Rodgers hitting late in the lineup in the, in the infield uh, yesterday. I think he's still interesting. High-end prospect has not done a lot yet. But I think there are just ways to put the Rockies together in more unique combinations and just get to them in better ways. So you're still playing the ballpark. You're getting good prices. I think that's the way I would roster this one once again. But it's the kind of course day that I don't love going to course, uh, even on a smaller slate. It's the kind of day where I might get over the field on a few other stacks that I like, play some course, figure out unique ways to roster it. But uh, I'll probably be under the field on them. Let's let's put a pin in that strategy, and we'll talk about it at the end for Jana. They're asking, uh, can we give a breakdown on how to start off our crunches? Uh, I'll, I'll break that down in, in context of today's slate, because it's going to be a little bit different than normal, but it'll give you a way to look at things. Um, we have our two more games to go here. We've got UC Kikuchi going against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim in Anaheim. He is 8,200 here. On our two-game late slate, he's probably going to be the pitcher I want to pick against because we've got DeGrom, we've got Musgrove, and then uh, Alex Cobb going against the Mariners. The Mariners, not that exciting here. So somehow Kikuchi's an odd man out. I think he's a viable SP2 uh, in all of this, and they're, they're really the only Angels I'd be looking to would be Upton, Otani, and probably David Fletcher uh, and Rendon. Right. So Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, obviously long gone. Here's the, the, the odd thing here, though, with Kikuchi. Only three active Angels hitters have seen him pitch. Hmm. Feels a little odd. Did you know that he and Shohei Otome attended the same high school in Japan? I was going to throw out that they were teammates. I thought that was what it was. So it was the same high school. Okay. Same high school, not at the same time, though. Kikuchi so are graduated. we counting Otani in that list of hitters who have seen him then? Yes, 0 for 2 uh, with two strikeouts in Japan. And then uh, that, so that was kind of it. They only, they only met that, that, hand, that, that brief, brief moment in time there. But I wanted to point that out because it's kind of fun. Uh, that was the uh, Otani's rookie year with the Nippon Ham Fighters. Because if you can't bring up the Ham Fighters, 
one of the best team (laughs) names in all of professional sports all of sports at all that's up there with like banana slugs for me that's a that's a pretty solid one Yes. So in any event, uh, Kikuchi, he's an okay pitcher. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, we have a watered down Angels lineup. They have very specific good hitters with Rendon, Upton, Otani, and then they've dropped uh, Fletcher down to the back. He, he's fine as a wraparound stat guy. Uh, maybe a little bit of differentiation for people who forget that he was their leadoff hitter for a while. Problem with him being a leadoff hitter, he just wasn't getting on base enough and he doesn't steal. So there we go. What do you what do you like from this one? Do you do you trust Alex Cobb? He's in the mix now as an SP two, partially because I think the new ball or well, allegedly changes that have been made to the ball might be helping him a little bit. Plus the Mariners lineup missing some key people there. No uh, whites out. Um, well, let's put it this way: Taylor Trammell got called up, and he he's he's not even a AAA player at this point, let alone quad A. Yet he's going to be starting for them tonight. <laughs> I'm missing the other. Evan, Evan White and I'm uh, Lewis, Kyle Lewis. Is yeah, no, Kyle Lewis. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a high end bat to be taking out of this lineup as well. Um, yeah, there's there's still some interesting hitters in there. You know, if you're if you're inclined to get to Mariners, the question was phrased is, do you trust Alex Cobb? Uh, the answer to that is no. The question of whether we can roster Alex Cobb in this spot, I think the answer is probably yes. For DFS purposes, particularly at 6,900 on, fan, on uh, DK, I think that makes him an appealing SP2 on this slate where we're paying up for so many other pitchers. I would rather pay 6,900 for Alex Cobb going up against these Mariners than the super discounted $4,800 kid that we talked about before whose name I've already forgotten. Um, so I, I think that's the better value spot. He projects okay for me. Uh, 33 and a third uh, innings over seven starts so far this year, 30.1% strikeout rate. Excellent XFIP at 2.44. Probably putting too many guys on base for that to be sustainable over time, 1.35 whip, uh, but inducing 20, uh, 12.9% swinging strikes, 29.4% uh, call plus swinging. Throwing a lot of strikes, pitching well, doing okay in the uh, stat cast metrics as well. I was pulling this up, hoping to find something to support the idea that maybe he's getting hit hard, but he's just not. 97th percentile barrel rate is outstanding. 71st percentile hard hit rate, 79th percentile expected slugging percentage against, 99th percentile chase rate for Alex Cobb so far this year. The stuff is working well for him. I think there's maybe a little bit to that narrative about the race teams uh, benefiting him. He's getting a little bit more spin on the curve, a little bit more spin on the, uh, on the old sinker there. So I think it makes sense. Um, it's an interesting repertoire of pitches with the splitter sinker curveball mix, um, not a mix of pitches that hitters necessarily see all that much. So particularly when you're getting a lot of heavy strikeout guys and then a lot of guys who were just in the minor leagues, that's an intriguing spot in terms of the pitch mix that they're going to be seeing from this guy. Just not a, a setup that a lot of kids in the minors are throwing. So even adding that on top here, I think it's potentially a juicy spot for Cobb. Um, I'm talking myself into this, I think, as, I, as I'm uh, talking it through. I still don't trust it. I don't love it. Uh, 8500 on FanDuel is a lot of money to ask for that spot, but it might make some sense. Kikuchi on the other side of things is a pitcher I do actually trust a little bit more and maybe unjustifiably so, uh, but he made some significant strides and he's going up against an Angels lineup that is pretty depleted at this point. Um, I There's a lot of power in Justin Upton for sure, but there's also a 30% strikeout rate, so I'm not that threatened by him. To me, there's two threatening hitters in this lineup. 
and those are Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon for a lefty. I don't really worry that much about Jared Walsh in a lefty-lefty, and he strikes out a decent amount of the time. If he can get through Otani and Rendon, I think Kikuchi stands a chance of putting up a decent start here. That said, he's not projecting all that strongly for me. It's probably more of a stay away, particularly at 9,300 on uh, FanDuel, 8,200 on DK. He's pitching to a 24.6% strikeout rate, only a 1.04 whip. There are supporting metrics here, but it's just, I don't know that we need to go there, on, particularly on the one-pitcher site when we've got these other star guys that we want to target, and then on the two-pitcher when we've got better values. He just kind of falls price-wise into a range that I don't know that we need him. All right, final game of the night. We'll hit a moment of fantasy cruncher, and then we're going to let birthday boy go on his way. That would be Tyler. For those of you joining late, it is his birthday today. Now you can officially wish somebody a happy birthday and have it actually be their birthday in the YouTube chat. So we have, uh, let's see, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Jake DeGrom. Arguably the best pitcher in the league and on the main slate and on the late slate. League leading 0.71 ERA. League leading 14.9 strikeouts per nine innings. However, he is 20 to 30% more expensive than Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove, all the way down at eighth in the league with the 2.08 ERA. And his strikeouts, well, they're seventh overall with the paltry 11.7. Come on, take that discount. Let's let's think about Joe Musgrove here. No Michael Conforto, no Brandon Nimmo, no Jeff Neal, no J.D. Davis, and Jonathan Vlars banged, banged up. We're not even going to count Robinson Cano. And apparently Francisco Lindor left his bat in Cleveland. What do you want to do with this final game, and why is it not roster hitters? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just explained why it's not roster hitters. Uh, we're talking about two excellent pitchers in this spot. Joe Musgrove is underpriced at 8300 and 8700 respectively across sites. I would definitely be getting through a good amount of him. He's projecting very well against this weak Mets lineup. Jake DeGrom, like you said, uh, I don't even think it's arguable, honestly. He is the best pitcher in baseball. He's given up uh, four more runs as a pitcher than he has driven in as a hitter this season. He's allowed seven runs as a pitcher. He's driven in three as a hitter. So just another little wrinkle with Jake DeGrom. Projects extremely, extremely well for me. My top pitcher on the entire day, let alone this slate. Um, so I would definitely be rostering plenty of Jake DeGrom, not worried about the Padres coming back against him, even with some spectacular hitters in that offense. If you wanted to talk to me about, you know, maybe grabbing a couple hedge stacks, if you're getting to a ton, a ton of Jake DeGrom, that's fine. I don't know that I would want to do a thing where, you know, you're saying, all right, let me grab a total contrarian approach and grab a bunch of Padres stacks and not roster DeGrom. I think that's just way overthinking uh, the approach to this one. DeGrom is the clear-cut best pitching option, even at price, even at popularity. Don't sweat the ownership. Uh, we can roster the hell out of Jake DeGrom here. And I think going uh, grabbing a bunch of shares of Joe Mutgrove makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, the Mets are sitting, let's see if we can find them. The strikeout rate's okay against righties, 22.8% strikeout rate, actually among the league leaders, top 10 in the league, but they're 8% worse than average creating runs in the split. They've hit only 32 home runs, well below average, and only a 130 team ISO. Some of that is caught up with the no Pete Alonso of the of uh, of the you know season and story. But like you said, Lindor just struggling mightily so far this year. Francisco Lindor, 217, 308, 321 slash with only a 103 ISO. So, and creating runs 20, uh, 17% worse than average. That is just terrible. That's not what they're paying $33 million for. So I would fire up some Joe Musgrove pitching on both sides of this one. Don't really have much need for, uh, for Mets bats. If you wanted to talk to me about a contrarian VR Lindor Alonzo Smith stack, fine. But I think everybody who's grabbing contrarian Mets stacks is going to just grab those four hitters. So what are we really gaining by doing it? Don't love it. Um, 
Musgrove uh, pitched in relief the other day. I think has it been five days since that? Do you know? Uh, that was on Sunday. Okay, so we've got plenty of rest, and yeah, he should be he should be full on uh, ready to go. And he pitched great in that. I think he allowed no hits over over five innings. So definitely a, a good spot for Musgrove here. Uh, we've talked about the hitters. I think that's uh, top to bottom on this one. All right. So quickly, here's what we do on Fantasy Cruncher for DraftKings. So to set your pitcher exposures, you need to have uh, a minimum of 200%. I usually try it for 225 to 240. For hitters, you're going to need uh, just uh, so like so for tonight where the the pitchers are, we've got DeGrom, Gaussman, and Musgrove are all in the mid 40s. I'm going to start with those three guys at 30. I'm going to put Kershaw and Alex Cobb at 30 as well. I'm probably going to put Rodriguez and Kikuchi at 15%. That's double what the field is. I'm going to put those other guys at five, and I'm probably going to let myself get 15 or 20% of Cole. He's coming in at 1% right now. Again, this is a function of I want to see what happens first. I could see myself, depending on what kind of hitters I'm getting, bump up DeGrom, Gaussman, and Musgrove a little bit, but I don't want to even get within 10% of where the field is going to be tonight because I want to my different differentiation to happen there. Plus I believe a little bit more in Cobb. We still have Kikuchi and I mentioned Cole. So that's how I'm going to approach that tonight for hitters on the main slate. The most popular hitters coming in, as Terry mentioned, are kind of those uh, Rockies guys. Um, There's two above 43 and then the vast majority, this is Oakland as well, are coming in in the thirties. I'm tonight probably to be a little bit different. I'm going to cap my, my uh, hitters at 30 um, just because I want to force it to take some other players. I will allow uh, two hitters against my pitchers tonight, just in case it, it picks has the otherwise perfect lineup and is going to take somebody against my hitter. I don't care, or against my pitcher. I don't care because it's probably not going to be one of those aces. It's probably going to be one of the lesser pitchers, even if they end up in my lineup. And at that point, they're probably, if they give up a home run, maybe they do it to my guy, or maybe it comes off the bullpen. Separately, when you do your stacks, you want that to equal at least 120 to 150%. If you don't, it's going to take forever for them to run, um, especially on a, like last night's 15 games late. Tonight, there's less com- computations that have to happen, so you could still probably get by with around 120 um, to 130. For tonight, I'll probably put uh, the Rockies around 15 uh, to 20%, same thing with the athletics, and then I'm going to have to figure out where else I'm going to go. By doing that and then double stacking it, it's going to get those guys nearly uh, at 30%, which is where the field seems to be on that. However, remember, I'm pushing down some of my players, so hopefully even if I get those stacks, I'm getting a little bit different of a mix. I'm trying to get those mid-tier guys or mid-price guys that aren't really coming up for people because they're either going to get the cheaper ones or the five really good hitters in that whole overall game. So that's how I'm going to approach it. Uh, If I'm using regular um, what is it called? Random randomness. Uh, I would do 10 to 15% tonight. I have the, the deluxe version. So I use 25%. Basically the only difference between random and the deluxe is regular. And the deluxe is the regular just says plus or minus something within this, this range that you've given the other version just pushes it a little closer to a bell curve. Either one is fine, especially if you're going to do uniques because all you're doing is doubling down on that. How do you like your top? How do you pick your top five pitchers on FanDuel? That was the follow-up question. And then we'll get out of here. How do I pick them? Um, yeah. How do you your player pool for if you were narrowing down yeah. your FanDuel pitchers? So typically I'll use uh, like the top pitchers tool. I'll put that up next to my projections, next to Alex's projections. Look at the probability of the guy being the top pitcher overall on FanDuel. Look at the ownership, figure out what the leverage looks like, and then make my exposure decisions there. 
I tend to leave more guys in my player pool overall. Uh, pitching is a spot where I will take guys out fully. Don't uh, don't get me wrong there. Hitting uh, um, that side of things, I tend to just leave things in and uh, I'll grab small shares of, uh, of even you know super low on stacks. But uh, on the pitching side, I do ex- exert a little bit more control. So I'll get in there and kind of like what you were describing, I'll make my decisions based on, all right, the field is going to be here. This is where Alex has him projected. This is where I have him projected. This is what his probability of success in the top pitchers is. And I'll make my decision to be above or below the field in what I'm letting Fantasy Cruncher get to. I'm typically erring on the high side of that because I'll collect out 500 or so lineups and put them into my sorting tool. So with some guys, I'll let them get into more shares than I would ever actually put into a contest just so we get diversity of lineups with what stacks go with them. Uh, Because if you do it too thin, then you get very specific stack constructions that just the most common ones will land in your uh, your, uh, pool of lineups. So you want to get to a more diverse portfolio uh, by letting it collect a little bit more. And it also helps Fantasy Cruncher actually run and do the calculations it needs. And then I get into the sorting tool and, uh, and kind of turn things from there. All right. We're going to clip this and share it with the DFS 101 channel because this is the most common question we get. And I think we answered it pretty well. The other thing while I'm thinking of it, I usually set my minimum salary to 48,000, especially when I get to the late slates uh, or the short slates, because all of a sudden you're going to look down. Yeah, you're going to get exactly what you asked for. And it's only going to have used 43,800 of your 50,000 salary cap. I put it at 48, see what happens. It'll usually crap out at some point. And then I have to start either locking people in or allowing it to go a little lower. And then maybe I set a minimum projection so I don't get the garbage lineups. But I, unlike most of our other hosts, I'm doing most of my sorting, et cetera, in Fantasy Cruncher. Mm-hmm. So I have to be a little more careful with, with my um, settings just because you get crappy lineups at the bottom. If you go go sort and sort reverse uh, or do ascending by my projections, and you're going to look at some of those lineups and be, I would never play that in a million years. <laughs> so so be careful uh, when you're not looking at it from that angle. And um, a, good way, a good way to do that, just to chime in on that, um, because I do believe in leaving salary on the, on the table in baseball, and I don't think it's the most important thing in the world to spend all your salary. But like you're saying, you do get some really clunky lineups uh, if you let it fly like that. So the way that I like to sort those out is to actually sort it by salary. And mm-hmm. then you can kind yep. of go down to the lowest salaried lineups. So those lineups that are only coming in on FanDuel, you know, 28,000 out of 35,000. All right, maybe there's a better way to spend our money in that lineup. So you can either look at them that way, look for the lowest projected, because sometimes you will get, you know, a $31,000 lineup that has a projection right in line with your top end uh, projections. Just depends on where these slates price the hitters, particularly on FanDuel. Things just t- tend to come together with two, 3,000 left on the table over there based on how they're pricing things this year. So I think it makes sense to sort it by salary, look for those low projected lineups and just kind of wipe those out, replace them, and then move it over to your sorting tool or replace them in, uh, and do your sort. Or that's a good way to just kind of trim the fat. So yeah, it's very important to look at. But it also is important to remember that in baseball in particular, we're really primarily concerned about the construction, the correlation of the hitters getting to well-correlated hitters who hit near one another in a highly projected lineup rather than spending all of our salary like we care about more in, uh, in basketball, football. Yeah, my, my only fear is you're giving me Stephen Piscotty when I could have had Mike Trout? What the hell? Fantasy cruncher. Oh, See, you're doing what I told it to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. But I want those Piscotty <laughs> shares in baseball. 
but it, it, we're talking about a heavy variant sport. We're talking about event-based sport. We're also talking about in that specific comparison, 30% of the field on any given slate is going to be rostering Mike Trout in every single one-off spot that they want. So that's a really quick, easy way to get different. Now, it might not have to be spend 2000 on Steven Piscotty instead of 5000 on Mike Trout. Maybe we just pick another very, very good expensive hitter to roster there. But that's a good example of a place where leaving a little salary on the table immediately gets you different from a lot of lineups because everybody makes that one-off decision to, yeah, let's put Mike Trout in that spot. Best player in baseball, best player of the generation. Makes sense. All right, we're getting out of here. Tyler's going to have a we chance have to. to go to go reheat some pizza. Well, well, we brought Tyler up to within 20 minutes of the next show he's got to produce. That's the NASCAR strategy show. You've got Jason Floyd and Phil. Two o'clock, you're going to have Jason Floyd and Pete the Heat Rogers talking MMA. Three o'clock, you're going to get me back again with Gundacker. We're going to be talking about MLB. And then 5.30 to 6.30, you get the deeper dive. That's going to be Spags and Rinpack. And 6.30 to 7.30, live before lock, just before tonight's single game, NBA slate. That was with Aton. And Greg, shout out to Prize Picks for being the sponsor. Remember, use promo code Osmo and they will match you up to your first $100 in your first deposit. Follow Terry on Twitter at DigitalB21. I am at EMACDFS. This Osmo, HOF for the Osmo Hall of Fame and Osmo underscore COM for our main Twitter handle. With that, happy birthday, Tyler. Happy birthday, buddy.